Just Man's the Podcast. recording new episodes and it feels so good today i am joined by my lovely boyfriend and baby daddy lucas <laughs> just mans i'm honored to be back <laughs> if you guys are new here thank you for listening my name is amanda i am the host of this podcast just mans the podcast and if you're not new here welcome so glad you guys are here we are doing basically the biggest debrief on the last three weeks of our lives because if you haven't listened to the podcast before Lucas and I just had a baby. Well, I just had a baby. Lucas's baby. And for the past three weeks, I had... I hope so. The past three episodes of Just Man's the Podcast, I pre-recorded, so nothing was relevant to what's going on in our lives right now. And so we're here. We're back, and we're ready to debrief about the last three weeks of our lives with our little baby boy. Mm-hmm. Three weeks. Can you believe just it? Three like, weeks today when we're recording. I can't believe it. Three weeks ago, we were... In the operating room. What time is it? Three weeks ago, I was pregnant. Yeah, it's so it's oh, yeah, so he like, was born eleven fifty three, and about it's, an hour ago. Yeah, he was born an hour ago, three weeks ago, and honestly, it seems like it the time flew by. Yeah, honestly, it has. But a, a three weeks of pure bliss, just like yeah, pure, pure bliss, but all the days kind of just morphing together. Yeah, you know, pure bliss and lots of tears and lots of <laughs> exhaustion. Lots of exhaustion. But we'll get lots into of, that amazing feelings but yeah we'll get into we'll it. get into that later on let's start with our birth story what's a birth story so a lot of people on youtube do a birth story and they do like vlogs basically uh-huh. and we actually have some video footage that i should probably put together in a, yeah, in a, a couple uh take a couple vids here and there i should probably put that together into a youtube video if you guys want that let me know in my dms on instagram if you guys want a birth little vlog because i can do that but birth story is basically just like how Lennox came into the world. By the way, our baby boy's name is Lennox Kenneth Fowler, and he is just the sweetest thing. If you guys follow me Lenny on Instagram, Lenny Kenny, baby. Lenny Kenny, I know that's it. When we first no, came up with, that's probably actually the first time I've ever said that. <laughs> when when we first came up with Lennox Kenneth, I thought about Lenny Kenny, and Did I was you? like, no, that's weird. Yeah, I don't I'm like gonna it. call him Lennox. But now I think it's kind of cute. Name. Think about when he does like sports and they do like nicknames on the back of the t-shirts that they make and he can do Lenny Kenny. Like, oh I think yeah, that's no, kind of cool. Sure. But okay, first, let's get into the birth story. So September 17th, let's back up. So I, if you guys haven't been following along, I had a breech baby and so I had to schedule a C-section and we were going to schedule it for the 16th. That was when I was 39 weeks and that's yeah. when they like to schedule it. But I was like, if I'm going to have to schedule a C-section, I'm picking the date. It's just funny, like leaving your leaving your apartment with your bags packed, being like, "Okay, we're on our way to go." You have know, our baby. Have our baby. When I was starving, stopped at Einstein Bagels. Yeah, you had, and I was starving. I couldn't eat anything. I know. So, I felt so bad. When you have a C-section, you can't eat anything for eight hours beforehand, and you can't drink anything for four hours beforehand. So, I woke up at like seven o'clock that morning. My surgery was scheduled for eleven a.m. or eleven thirty. I woke up at 7 o'clock that morning and I had a cup of herbal tea because I was like, I need something in my stomach to like make me, one, feel like I have some liquids in me and two, just like be okay. Because if you know me, you know that I hate like medical anything, surgical anything. I hate the doctors. I hate hospitals. I hate surgery. I've never had a surgery in my life. So 
I'm very prone to fainting as well, and I hate needles. Well, you so handled I was, everything amazingly. We'll get into that. But I was like shit scared <laughs> that I, you know, I was like, oh my god, I'm, I have no substance in my stomach right now. I need water or like liquids. So I woke up at 7 a.m. Had some liquids. After that, I couldn't, I couldn't eat or drink anything. And then we drove to the hospital around 9 a.m. Yeah, around there. Yeah, we left at like probably 8:45 because we had to get there two hours prior. We stopped at Einstein's for Lucas. We also stopped at 7-Eleven and got a bag of ice for my placenta. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> because I... Just, encaps- a, just a casual 7-Eleven ice stop for some placenta. Could you That's imagine all. if they asked us what we needed it for? Oh, my God. Could you imagine if they even asked us? Yeah. Like, like <laughs> the 7-Eleven guy. So, what do you need this ice for? Yeah, right. Um, none of your business, 7-Eleven guy. <laughs> so, we got there at 9 and they admitted us. It was so cute. We both wore our. We, my yeah. mom got us these sweatshirts Shout that out say Amy DeMarco. That say Mama, Dada, and then a mini one for the baby. And we should have brought the mini one, but it probably wouldn't have fit him. We both wore those sweatshirts, and then when we got there, everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, those are the cutest sweatshirts!" Yeah, <laughs> we were so excited. So oh, they were great. So at 9 a.m. we rolled in and we waited. We filled out a little bit of paper. A little bit of paperwork we waited and then someone took us back a nurse took us back and actually the nurse was like not friendly do you remember that <laughs> she's like hey do you remember that the Here's first one yeah. she like what didn't talk to us we were so excited and nervous and i mean this is the day we're gonna meet our baby boy and she was like how are you guys great and like didn't say <laughs> anything else walked us to the room and that's it then we get to the room and they immediately tell me to like get undressed put on a gown lay in the bed, and then they do all my vitals. We kind of just do the necessary things that you need yeah, to do. Yeah, like the sure pre-screening room. Pre-screening screening yeah, you room. you get an IV and everything. You want to talk about the IV? <laughs> so again, I mean, I'm not here to, like, go ahead and, like, bash the... Fu- you know what I mean? No, I but these, wanna... are, these are facts of our birth story. I know they're facts, said. but... <laughs> well, okay. Shout out to the nursing industry. I mean, I respect a nurse, but... Our there were some situations in our experience that... You know, we're interesting, especially like the IV situation that freaked me out. Again, I hate needles. Lucas is pretty good with needles, so I yeah, didn't. I, I didn't really think he would feel some type of way about it. But tell them what happened. Well, I mean, they just couldn't find. They couldn't find your vein, or they. I mean, they thought they found your vein, but every time they f- fucking stuck a needle in you, they couldn't find one. <laughs> and they were twisting After like it six, in. Six, seven, eight they times. Were like... Dude, I almost fainted. Not because I was like disgusted i was just kind of upset you know i was yeah. like upset with them in a yeah. way but you know me being me i didn't want to like be you know i didn't want to make this situation uncomfortable um lucas literally finally they found a fucking vein after 15 minutes finally but lucas literally <laughs> i looked at him he was sweating he turned <laughs> pale I, w- I was like babe do you need to sit down because i hate needles but i look away i was laying down and i had like my hand over my eyes because sometimes that helps if like i'm sensitive to light Uh if i feel lightheaded so sometimes that helps so i was okay i was sweating but i was like okay in that situation you're better than me i was Well, because i i just kept watching them put the needle in and like and they were digging it and digging in just trying to find and they were like talking about it like oh is it over here i was like what do you know what it was it was an intern do you remember it was an intern doing it at first and she couldn't find the vein and then there was a nurse that Eventually did it and found the yeah, vein. Yeah, they were both great. I mean, awesome people. But yeah, that situation for us was interesting. I wouldn't go as far to say awesome. They d- were yeah, I'm just digging a nice. needle into my arm. <laughs> anyway. We... we finally got the IV in after... Okay, yeah, that was a situation. So that was a great start to our 
birth experience. <laughs> yeah. Really. But everything else was beautiful, right? I mean, yeah. scary yet I remember you being a little like frustrated though because they were being oh, very... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, of... I mean, as soon as we walked in, the first thing I said is we have 14 women as we speak. In labor. You know, in labor. So they're very like, you know... Because keep in mind, I haven't been to an OB appointment to ask questions or like, you know, to be inquisitive to a doctor in weeks, months because of COVID. So I'm finally in a situation where I'm in front of a doctor or a nurse that, you know, births babies on the on the regular all day, every day. And I'm trying to ask my questions and I can tell they're all in a hurry because, you know, it's a busy day. And that kind of pissed me off a little bit too, because I don't yeah, know. It was our first first time, and I feel we like they scheduled were just, it. Yeah, I mean, it was just it, it was super rushed for we sure. We were under the but, impression that we were going to roll in, and they were all going to be attentive to us, which like that's which very they nice. were. I mean, but it was just very fast paced. It was like yeah, very fast. So basically, it, it was like my blood was like yeah. at a peak well, the also, whole time. It was also super too weird. because we were really nervous, so that yeah. everything being so fast, we were kind of like, oh wait, 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 hold on, like we right. need to process <laughs> this, but. The whole like fourteen other women being in labor thing was basically because they they our mine was scheduled for a certain time, but they weren't sure if it was going to be delayed or maybe it had to be a little bit early because in case one of the people who were in labor needed to get an emergency C section, which if they had, then they would go ahead of me because mine's scheduled and I wasn't mm-hmm. in labor. So that was the issue with the fourteen other women in labor, but that didn't even become an issue because then my OB walked in and said hi, like briefly said hi, and then turned to the nurse and was like, hey. We have a window. Yeah, We're probably going to go in early. Did they tell you? And yeah, I was like, hey, yeah. wait. Hi. Hello. I'm the one having yeah, the baby. Yeah, she kind of walked in, looked at the nurse, and was like, hey, we're going to go early. Uh, yeah. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I remember looking at her and being like, oh, you're you're ready to go, aren't you? She's like, yeah, we got a, I got another one. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, and go fuck myself. Hurt. <laughs> no, but. so funny, though, because like the biggest, most monumental day of our lives is literally just another day in the office for them. It's Yeah, it's, it's interesting to think, but I mean... They do a great service. Oh, it was it was amazing. I could they not do a great ask for a better C section. Like uh, experience. they are fucking amazing. They really are. Just it's just funny if you look if you kind of put yourself into their shoes, you totally understand that we're just you know another client, mm-hmm. another boom bang, get them out the door, which mm-hmm. makes sense, you know, in today's world. But for us, it's a completely different thing. Yeah. Like on a whole nother different angle, which is crazy. So before. I even had my procedure. I did a lot of research and I asked a lot of other moms who had C-sections what the C-section experience would like. Because again, shit scared of surgery. Never had one before in my life. So I was just wanting to be as prepared mentally as I could. And I remember the night before the C-section, we went out to dinner and had some drinks. I didn't have a drink, but with our friends and I was telling everyone, I was like, I am shit scared about this procedure because I just don't like (coughs) surgery. I don't like the idea of it. So before we went in and actually did it, I asked a lot of other moms like what their experience was. And I will say that helped, but I also will say that my experience was different from every single one that I heard. Yeah, I think that's a lesson you should, I mean, learn right there. Everyone's different. Everyone's experience is different. But there were some things that I really did want to know and that were similar to mine. But in terms of like, well, I'll just get into it. So Lucas was all scrubbed out. I just had a gown and a scrub cap. So I walked to the OR. They walked. They don't even put me in a table yet. They, oh yeah, they yeah. Have we me walked walk over in. there. I had like a, I had a, <laughs> I had a cart. 
Yeah, you had a cart I of was, like, all of our stuff. All of our bags and stuff yeah. right behind us. Did Boom, they allow you to bring that into the OR room or outside? No, we of put it? it in like right out, out yeah. of the in the waiting room. Yeah. So what we took into the OR was a speaker and our phones. Yeah, I was surprised they let us bring the Bluetooth speaker, but we definitely put that on. Yeah. That was awesome. So we walk in, we walk we walk mm. into the OR. Mind you, I'm not laying on a bed or anything because I have to get the spinal tap. What was different from every other person that I reached out to about C-sections was they said that their significant other wasn't allowed to be in the OR when they were getting the spinal tap. You were. Yeah, and that was great. Yeah, because Lucas I was mean, allowed to. Because I hate needles, and I was like so fortunate that I could hold, hold on to you. Yeah, I mean, I was right there in you front, were in front of, of you. Me, we yeah. were like head-to-head, locked hands and shit. You were digging your <laughs> fingernails into my... I felt so bad because... You were like digging your fingernails into my fingers and your fingernails are long right now. Yeah. And it really hurt. But I didn't want to like be like Amanda. Oh, no, Lucas was over here being like, babe, oh, you're digging into my, I my literally finger wasn't and I'm like, like that. I was babe, like, I was I'm like, getting a spinal tap no, to I was the like, babe, freaking babe, spine right now. I literally, all I need you to do is just release a tiny bit of pressure. I couldn't. Like, you know what I needed? To not have a huge needle going I'm pretty going sure you drew my blood. Spine. Like my fingers. But yeah, you're a badass in that situation. Amanda. So... After we got the spinal, we put the music on, and from my knowledge, because I'm sure Lucas and I's experience is completely different, from my knowledge, my spinal hit in like five seconds. Well, like, it should. I, mean, I felt it's, a, it's an immediate. Well, what it was though, I felt like he said I was gonna feel maybe an electric shock, kind of like that's how. It so you're gonna feels. feel like warming in your. But he said you might feel a little bit like of electricity feeling down one of your legs, and I did, and then I started feeling warm, and I was like, "Ooh, should it start start to be kicking in already?" And he was like, oh, yep, let's get her laid down. Yeah, let's yeah. lay down. So Immediately as, laid you down. And then they... <laughs> soon as they laid me down, everyone started to go and put the drape up, put them, everything. Yeah, they warned us about that, though. They did. Yeah, they said, we're going to come at you like a pit crew. Just yeah, like a NASCAR want, pit crew. We but they did. And the it was everything, yeah, everything was super efficient and boom, yeah. bang. They were like lathering you up with all the, you know, gauze and all the surgical situations, all the, everyone getting their hands ready. and See, this whole experience... From being laid down, the whole first day when we met Lennox, from being laid down on the table was such a blur to me. I don't know. That shit was insane. It was intense. It was like a movie. It was intense. And then I remember, I'll never forget, like, sitting there right next to, like, your head, pretty much. Yeah, so let's just walk... all the doctors and nurses, like, kind of talking to each other, getting ready and, you know, suiting up. And, like, I'm, like, my heart's pumping right now thinking (laughs) about it. And then it all just finally hitting me, like slapping me in the face that Lennox was actually about to like come, you know, real life was, he was actually going to be here. And then I'll never forget just us fucking crying like children. I think it's so funny being a man and a woman and going through a pregnancy because for me, I was so ready to meet him because I had been growing him. Lucas, on the other hand, was kind of distant from it. He was removed from it because he wasn't physically changing and growing him. Yeah, So it was definitely... Honestly, the fact that we were having a baby did not hit Lucas until we were in the Yeah, it was more out of reality for me than... But I think that's natural. Totally. Which it is, I mean... And then, yeah, sitting there, it gets super real. And he starts, like, literally just bawling, (laughs) sitting there, looking at me and holding my hands. And I was like, babe... You need, I need you to talk to me. I need you to talk to me because they're cutting me open, and I need you to distract, distract me. <laughs> yeah, that well, what a what a moment in life. So Holy let's talk about the experience bajolis. of C-section that I had. So mine was scheduled, and I also did it kind of on the side of like 
I don't think it was necessarily termed the gentle c-section because a gentle c-section is when they give you a clear drape and you can see everything. I did not want that. Never heard of that in my life. That's what the OB said to me. But what I did was we had the lights dimmed in the OR. We had the lights dimmed. We had music playing. You didn't let me look over the... No, I didn't. Before we went into the room, I put essential oils on my wrists and put it on my temples. And yeah, so then when we went in, we had the music going. We had the lights dimmed. They just had like a big spotlight over my belly. And then um, that's pretty much all we really had, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we didn't... I, I brought a bottle of champagne with me. But you couldn't bring it in the OR. Yeah, I, I was like, I brought it to bring in the OR, and I brought Red Solo cups <laughs> to you know pour up a glass for everyone. But They're like, I was sir, upset, this, this is a sterile know? environment. I know. They looked at me like it was a joke. but Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to you know, toast to, to turn my up. new child. Um, the people that pulled him out of your body. So anyway, so he was out within like five minutes, right? Yeah, super quick. I'd say they cut me open at like 11.45 and they he was born at 11.53. Yeah, so n- maybe a little bit more than than five minutes, but he was out super quick. Yeah, if we're going to be technical with it. And so talk about how that was. <laughs> talk about how that was. I mean, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I because think it's for different me, for everybody. Because, but... so, okay, so first, when they pulled them out of me, we didn't hear a cry, did we? Well, I think we heard a cry for the first time. We heard like a tiny cry. A tiny cry. Yes. And we were like, oh "Oh my gosh, is that him? Yeah. Um, And then they took him over to like the warming heat lamp and all that good stuff. Uh, And then they called me over. Well, before they did that though, we have pictures of this because the nurse actually took our phones and said, do you want me to take pictures? Yeah, one of the nurses took took our phones because you wouldn't let me look over and because I would have taken them. But I didn't want him to like make a face and react and then me be like, oh my God, what's going on? Yeah, no, for sure. So the nurse said, okay, Which I I'll take probably phone. would have reacted wrong, but I mean. So then the nurse took his phone and took pictures. And mm-hmm. we have a crazy picture of the umbilical cord coming out of my body and then him being kind of laid over, like. Yeah, we got a couple. But we didn't get him actually being pulled out of my body. No, which, nothing, looking nothing back crazy now, like that. But we still have a couple that are, I mean, bloody and. But before I before the C-section, I didn't want any pictures. But now looking back, I definitely want pictures. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. why wouldn't you want pictures? Of yeah. That? The whole time I was like, I want to record a video. I want to, you know, capture everything. But they wouldn't re- let us record videos. But what's funny is these photos are live photos. So we can actually see when they pulled him out, he had like a bunch of amniotic fluid and like air in his in his stomach and throat and he didn't cry like he cried a little bit and then like didn't cry so you can see them kind of roughing him up a little bit yeah they're just kind of like trying to get him getting him to like know he's out jostling him up yeah but also i think the nurse didn't get photos of him being actually pulled out because i heard the doctor say oh He's butt first, but his shoulders are kind of stuck. Yeah, they so, they were having a little issue getting. Yeah, him out, they were trying to get him out. So I think ob- it could have been way worse. No, it could have, but I think that's why the nurse was like, "Okay, maybe." Yeah, they I were won't just communicating, being super verbal. With yeah. The whole situation. Yeah. So then they took him over to the warmer, and then they said. Yeah, and then they brought me over, and then I saw him for the first time, and. What was that like? I just remember seeing his skin and, being like. He looked super healthy. His skin looked so pink and perfect, and his skin was so clear and he was so like he smelled good and i was like oh my god it was so mind-blowing and immediately i touched his hand and i looked at his little 
fingers and fingernails and he grabbed my finger and it was like incredible right there yeah he was in front of this heat lamp and i remember like kind of leaning over him you know just looking at him and the nurse kept kind of like nudging me out of the way because i was in front of the heat lamp you know you're like sorry I did, like I'm just three trying to or four times i didn't even realize i was doing it and then, like the fifth time she was like sir i need you to back <laughs> away from the heat lamp i was like sorry and they then were, I was over on the table. Yeah, you were over there on the table, and the nurse. Was I was waiting like, okay, for like four minutes, you know? and that let me tell you was the longest four minutes of my life because <laughs> it wasn't that long for me. I'm like, it wasn't so, four minutes. Yes, it, no was. Way it was. Yes, it was. Minutes, I was watching the clock, but I was like, you were watching the clock. <laughs> I had my Apple Watch on. No, uh, I didn't actually. Yeah. No. <laughs> Sorry, I just lied. I made that up. <laughs> I was watching the clock every second. I was watching the second. Okay, well, it was four minutes to me because. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's four minutes to you, okay. I was but everyone else, uh, everyone listening, and everyone there in the room, it was probably about a minute and a half. Okay, but listen to and, me. But wait, let me finish. No, the story. I was talking. I was on the table, and I was alone, and I was getting tugged on. You know, yeah. And that was another thing about I asked people what C-section felt like. That was the one thing that was similar. When you get a C-section, it feels like so much tugging, so much pulling and pressure, but no pain. It, yeah, doesn't, I mean, it doesn't even feel, it doesn't even feel uncomfortable. Stuff. It just feels like tugging. So if you're scared of C-sections, don't be. It literally is not painful And this at is all. coming from someone who, like, you hyper, you, you had a, a night, you know, a week before the C-section, before we really knew we were going to do an actual C-section. And you were terrified. Panicked. So panicked. And now I would do it again if I had to. So I'm over at the, you know, where they're checking him and where their heat lamp is. Then the nurse is finally like, okay, let's bring him over to Mama, and this is before you've ever met him. And luckily, I had my phone on me, because I was kind of taking pictures of him as well. And I, they said not to take videos, but I had to get a video. I like kind of started recording when she was walking Lennox over to you for the first time, and luckily, I got to record that moment of you meeting him, and that was absolutely beautiful. It's the most special moment, and I can't even watch the video to this day because I cry every single time. I might post it on Instagram. I kind of want to keep it to myself. I don't know. I'll decide. And it's I'll, an intense video. You guys will see. It's but great, though. He, he's laid on my chest, and that feeling was just so surreal. He was so chill, too, coming he out. Was oh, so my God. so chill. And it's crazy because you always think about that moment. What is it going to be like when I first meet my baby? Is he going to be like a stranger to me, or like am I going to be so emotional and feel like I've known him forever. And I can't even express what it felt like to me. The only thing I remember thinking was he doesn't look like I thought he did, but it, it <laughs> not in a bad way because I didn't know what he was going to look like. I but had I was no like, idea, but I had dreams like countless me dreams. Me too. But I was like, like, I did not think he was going to look like this, but he is literally perfect. He was so beautiful right from when he came out yeah so beautiful his lips his cheeks his eyes yeah, everything he's, he's he was gorgeous. plump and his skin was perfect it was, his eyes were wide open when he, he was, was born wide awake. he was staring at us it was it was the coolest moment amazing. of our lives coolest moment, coolest of, our lives. moment of our lives and then we went back to the recovery room and well first they took me to the recovery room yeah they took and you. they like hand they swaddled lennox up and handed him to me and well no we they put him in the um, bassinet and we rolled over to the waiting room and you were still in the operating room i guess you know they were finishing up with you or whatever um but i remember then we kind of roll into the waiting room where there's an operating bed and all that kind of our little like private little quarters before we get into our main room um but then then 
me sitting in a chair and them handing Lennox to me. So did, did you ask to hold him or did they say? I was kind of just like, yeah, can I hold him? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. So they handed him to me and it was just him and me for 10 minutes staring at each other, getting to know each other. And that was insane. The coolest moment that I've ever experienced too, next to him being laid on my chest was when I was being rolled into the operating room and I see Lucas holding Lennox and Lucas just looks up at me and I was like, this is the most beautiful thing and I feel so complete and so content. Yeah, just he was, seeing you he was wide awake baby. too during that situation. Literally looking around the room and then looking at me and we were staring at each other and this baby is literally not even 20 minutes old. You know, just, just baked, just out the oven, still, still steaming hot. You know, what a moment! <laughs> it's insane. I, it's insane. It's the coolest thing, I think, of and, the human experience. You know, at the same time, I'm not just saying this because I'm his father. This child is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, he's stupid pretty, like so pretty. So just mesmerizing looking at him just puts you in a he was i mean i was in a trance it was unbelievable so i didn't get to breastfeed him in the or because they really only took less than an hour it really wasn't that long the the whole surgery to you know from start to finish yeah we, we were we were in the waiting room though for you know two hours well, we were in the waiting room and then that's after when, the operation that's when we started to that's when he was doing more skin to skin and then he breastfed um yeah he did they they did latch him. Yeah. yeah, he latched there. And then we were moved to the uh, our, our suite, our, our hospital room that my mom got us got for us. And it was a suite. And we stayed there for three days. We had a great nurse, well, a couple of great nurses just on and off. And we got to recover there for a while. And we were going to go home after, what, the third? The second night. The second night. Yeah. And our nurse, Karen, <laughs> shout out Karen. Shout we out Karen. Karen. Love Karen. She was like... <laughs> She's the like, one Karen out there that is an right? angel. Yeah. She's like, you guys are going home? And we're like, yeah, like, you no, know. No, we you need really, one more night. We really, you know, I go, I miss my bed. She goes, well, you have your whole life to live in your bed. <laughs> <laughs> you have your whole life to sleep but in But honestly, bed. thank God for those nurses because we learned so. Honestly, you know, when women have vaginal births, they're out the, they're out the door within four hours. You know, I can't imagine. I could not imagine the first two nights being by ourselves at home without having those nurses and being at the hospital. The amount of, you know, the amount of technique techniques we learned, the amount of situations we like were put in and we had a professional that did it Where for Lennox, 20 years Lennox right next to up us. One time and like kind of, was I mean, like it was choking like, and we were like, Oh my gosh, help us. I don't know what we would have done without, no. without staying those extra nights. You no. know? And also too, I had a kind of an issue with breastfeeding because he wouldn't feed in the first like a couple hours he just he didn't want it well yeah it's just the thing about you know a baby being born vaginally going through that birth canal really squeezes all that amniotic fluid out of their bodies you know it's a pretty intense squeeze that they go through i mean their heads go through a crazy squeeze they come out cone shaped and (laughs) it is i mean c-section babies are known to be prettier than vaginal breech birth i mean excuse me vaginal births just because of that situation where they go through that small you know, tunnel. But Lennox being, you know, a C-section, he ha- he still had a good amount of fluids in his body. And, you know, that for all we know, he just ate lunch, lunch before, <laughs> you know, getting yanked out. So 
that's why feeding at first was a little iffy because he really wasn't that hungry. He was just full. So, but luckily because of the hospital, we had a lactation consultant just, you know, whiz up to our room and immediately looked at Lennox and his stomach and was like, yeah, this baby is full. You know, this you baby has liquid. Stomach so. like lavash or something. Yeah. Something like that. That's what it was called. Or yeah. Anything. So they stick a small, tiny little like catheter, tube, like or tube, tube and kind of pull out whatever's in the stomach and yeah they so they, they brought got it like, back and they did that they got like 13 milliliters of air and another couple milliliters of amniotic fluid and then boom he was a different baby after that yeah, he was ready he to was eat ready he to was eat. ready to go yeah um and that was awesome yeah so that was pretty much our experience we were in the hospital for four days in total from thursday and then we got home on sunday and yeah, that that was much needed because again too, I I really couldn't get up and move like I wanted to, and I had we live in an apartment where I had to go up the stairs, so it was really nice to stay in those, in that suite for four days. But we had we were ready to get home. Yeah, we were definitely ready to get home. And taking him from home from the hospital was so surreal. I cried. You did cry. <laughs> you cried in the in the car. I cried in the car because I was just so overwhelmed with emotions, and I was like. We're already making the milestone I felt of like, him, like coming. <laughs> I home. felt like the uh, the closing scene of Knocked Up, where he's driving like. I've never seen that. You've never seen Knocked no. Up. So at the end of the movie, they're driving home from the hospital, and he's driving literally like twelve. Seth Rogen's driving twelve miles an hour oh, on like yeah. the freeway. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, it was just one of those moments. You know, it's crazy walking out of the hospital. This new human being being walked outside for the you know, first time for being, the first time yeah. ever it's just those little things are so awesome and so incredible you know drive home get home and life starts and yeah it's been beautiful in the car ever the, since the car ride was just so intense for me because i was like oh my gosh we're already taking him home from the hospital like we're already hitting this milestone he's so big and i also think i was just like that was when it was like whoa this is surreal to me. Like we are taking home our baby. This is our baby. We don't have the nurses. We don't have anybody yeah, around. It's right. our baby. I know. You know, that's so crazy for me. I was like, I was so ready for that. Yeah. I felt good. Yeah. You know, I was so happy to finally get out of the hospital and bring him home. That way we could just take care of him ourselves. I think what was so different for me is the whole nine months, I never really let myself think about like the life that we were quote unquote, missing out on. Or like, I wasn't letting myself mourn a life that we could have lived if we didn't have a baby at 22. And then when I had the baby, because my hormones, I mean, your hormones build, build, build gradually for nine months. And then the first two weeks after you have a baby, they crash and they come down and it's hard. And so it's like, it's honestly, like if you ever taken Molly or anything, the come down, <laughs> it's literally like that. If you've ever taken Molly. It's literally like that. The come down the next day, you like feel like your emotions are all over the place. It's Amanda, did you just let the public know that you've done Molly? I don't do drugs. You do drugs? Man. I don't do just drugs. What's that? Drugs? Anyway, it's like that. And I felt like it was finally when I was like, oh my gosh, like this is our life now, you know? Like it wasn't that I was unhappy about it, but I was just like, wow, Lucas was able to really think about all the things that were going to change in our life for the, like the whole nine months of pregnancy. I didn't until we brought this little baby. It's definitely a grounding oh. moment. Oh, kinda yeah. Kind of just a moment where time really stops and you, totally. you kind of just realize that, like, holy shit, and what was <laughs> this really, is my life. What was really cool is that because we gave birth during COVID, we weren't able to have any visitors at the hospital. So my mom wasn't allowed to come. My dad wasn't allowed to come. Nobody. And in in some some way, like it's it's 
some people could be like, well, that's a little sad because I want my mom to meet the baby right in the hospital or whatever. But for us, it was so magical. I mean, at least for me, because it was just us three in the hospital. Yeah, I thought that was And we just got beautiful. to get to know our baby. And that was so Yeah, for a lot of nice. people, not... You know, for a lot of people, not having the family in the hospital right after is a problem. But for us, it was the biggest positive ever. Not, you know, not in a bad way, but just that time that we had as a little family. Well, I mean, also, I was... So fresh and so new and untouched. It was great. Now I'm finished. You may talk. I (laughs) I was recovering and I was on pain meds and I was tired and you were tired and... Whenever I have family around or people around, I'm I'm such like a, I want to host them. I want to like entertain them, you know. So yeah, when I'm in the ho- when I'm in the hospital, I'm recovering. I don't want anybody around because I don't want to feel like I have to host, which like I probably wouldn't have. But you know, that's just kind of where my mindset was. I was like, oh, I just get to be with Lucas and my baby, and like not have to worry about somebody else being here. Let's mm-hmm. talk about postpartum emotions really quickly, because I'm gonna do a whole separate episode. If you guys hear any unwrapping of a wrapper, that's Lucas unwrapping a Reese's. It's not a Reese's. It's a Mr. Ew, you like Good. those? Hell yeah. It's Hershey's chocolate and peanuts. <laughs> so we just went to Target and no, got some. Not. That's a tangent. What do you mean? We don't need to talk about this. Quick side story. We just went to Target and got Halloween candy. So I'm about to put on 10 pounds. <laughs> Thank God I'm gluten and dairy free. Anyway, back to babies. Let's talk about postpartum emotions real quick because my emotions for the first week were so all over the place. Like, I definitely underestimated. I definitely was aware and, like, kind of preparing myself to go through a lot of emotions postpartum, but I don't think I really paid attention to when people say, like, the postpartum emotions are real. And I would just, like, look at him and cry because I was so happy or, like, because I loved him so much. Or I would cry because I was so exhausted or I would cry because I just felt overwhelmed or I would cry because I feel like I'm only all I'm doing is feeding him and I'm not bonding him with him with him any other way like there was just so many other emotions yeah you're definitely on a like an emotional tightrope for sure yeah but there were so many other emotions I want to express that like I like they all resulted in crying whether I was happy sad (laughs) exhausted tired angry like it was all crying and I think for me that was hard because I'm not a crier Normally. Um, you like to say that I am. <laughs> you are literally a crier. No, but I don't cry when like I'm sad. She I just cry when... absolutely lied through her teeth, everyone. She <laughs> is a crier. No, listen, I don't cry. Okay, I don't cry at like a sad movie or like actually I do, The Notebook. I don't cry at like, a, <laughs> like the puppy commercials or when, I don't know, I cry when I'm frustrated. That's when I cry. And so for me, when I was crying so much, I was like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? And I think that's like the... The whole thing about postpartum is you think, like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Why am I feeling this way? But, like, literally nothing's wrong with you. You're normal. Like, it's so normal to feel this way. But, yeah, if you're postpartum, I will do a whole episode about that. Just go more into depth when Lucas isn't here because he's getting antsy. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about baby routine. So let's talk about Lennox's routine. Kind of what our lives have looked like for the past three weeks, day in the life what the routine looks like. Let's get into it. Yeah, I mean, routine has been interesting. I think we've kept a really good routine because we did a lot of preparation. I mean, both of us read books and we watched tutorial videos and shout out Taking Care of Babies. 
that I should be sponsored. Right. But I'm not. But we're still <laughs> going to rave about it because it's uh, amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, we, we watched those lessons and boom, we got it, you know. But yeah, I mean, our life has been sleep. Oh, your life has been sleep, feed, sleep, feed. And I mean, everything right now revolves around our child and keeping... I mean, what you're doing for our child right now is literally keeping him alive. You know, and sometimes we just got to, you know, sit back from what society is right now through Instagram or social media and just be parents. Well, because I, I think what Lucas is saying is like, for me, one one thing that really was hard at first was sitting still and being a mom and just being a mom and just feeding Lennox and just being there for him and just getting to know my baby and being a mom. Yeah. And for me, that was hard because I'm such a multitasker. I've never had to just focus on one thing in my entire life. And also, it's hard for me because podcasting is my outlet. Blogging is my outlet. YouTube videos are my outlet. Like, writing and being creative that way is what I love to do. And so not being able to do those things, because I just didn't have the energy for it. And I also, I didn't want to. I wanted to just be a mom. That was hard for me, That was really conflicting for you. It was very conflicting. Yeah, but back, we can talk about that. But back to the whole schedule thing. I think we're lucky that the C, that I mean our plan C section right we planned to have this child it's not like we had this child at two o'clock in the morning true where you know they're born in the middle of the night and that kind true. of fucks up a schedule for yeah, them yeah I didn't think about that yeah Lennox was born eleven thirty in the morning we kept his ass up that whole day yeah you know put he him was to in bed a schedule. And, uh, dude yeah. as soon as this child was born yeah. we were like okay yeah we got to feed him. Three hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? We had this child on a good schedule because he was born in the morning, you know, and at night we turn, you know, during the day he napped in a room full of light during the night we turned off all the lights. So I think, you know, we're so lucky in that aspect since he was literally born. We've really kept him on that schedule. We've been able to. Yeah. I mean, he absolutely knows when night and day is at this point. He totally does. I mean, but I think that is you know a prerequisite of being born at in the morning totally just makes it easier and if you guys want to kind of see a visual of our schedule you can watch the latest youtube video that i put out of a day in the life with our newborn baby he was a week old in that video and our yeah our schedule is pretty much just we wake up i feed him then I wait two to three hours and I feel well, yeah, it again. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's early mornings, though. Sorry I just interrupted you. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> My bad. But no, look, I mean, it's early mornings. Let's say, okay, let's do a schedule if our day started at 7 o'clock. Well, today, our day started at 7.30 in the morning. I fed him at 7.30 because he woke me up. We luckily had Lucas's mom here, and so she took the baby. We slept a few more hours. But on a, on a day that we didn't have anybody, what would it look like? We... Actually, on a day when Lucas didn't have work, what it looked like was I fed him and then Lucas would take him out in the living room and I would sleep for a couple more yeah, hours in the because morning, I yeah. can't nap during the day. I'm a terrible napper. I've tra- been trying to get better, but I'm terrible at it. Lucas can. So what he would do is he would take the baby into the living room while I nap for like another hour in the morning and then I would come out and feed him and then later on Lucas would nap. Yeah, just during the day, we would try to keep him after his feeds. We'd keep him awake for as long as possible before he fell asleep himself, you know? Like in the morning, you feed him at 7. That feeding would take an hour. And then after the feeding, he would be fed, you know, clean his diaper. And then I'd try to, you know, we'd play with him. We'd kind of do some awake time. And then he would get super tired and fall asleep. And we'd give him a couple hours to nap, wake him up, you know, feed him again and do it all over again. But at the nighttime, after our feeds, we just wrap him back up and put him back to bed, you know? 
and he's handled that really well and we're just so lucky to have a good child and i will say we definitely did tell ourselves like for the first four weeks we're not going to be on like a schedule but we have stuck to kind of a schedule like it's a loose schedule we're being lenient about it because yeah obviously he's a newborn he's just learning life so he doesn't stick to a schedule and yeah, like, we kind of just based it off of when we wake up yeah when we naturally just like when he wakes up and it's like okay check the time boom then and it works for us because it's pretty it's pretty routine at this point like we've gotten to a good place where we know kind of what the day is going to look like yeah but i will say what we've been doing is during the day when he does sleep we let him nap in the living room with the lights on and whatever he doesn't nap in his bassinet with the lights off until he goes to bed at night yeah and i think that's helped because it's acclimated him every nap is during the day is in a bright room with the tv on loud i mean i think the noise thing is we've been really good about too it's never hush-hush, you know, Lennox is sleeping kind of situation. It's always, especially during the day, we keep it pretty loud at all times. So I would say right now, the only quote-unquote schedule that we have is we probably wake up anywhere between 7 to 9. Like, even before Lucas's mom was here, sometimes he would sleep until 9. He'd go back to bed after the 7.30 feeding or 6.30 feeding. So we would do wake up from between 7 to 9, and then we'd probably go to bed between 8 and 10. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Yeah. Let's... And every day is filled with just staring at your child and playing with him and just, like, g- getting emotional, like you said. You well, know, let's, let's... not even believing that this child is actually here. It's just the most incredible thing. Explain what you mean by playing, though, because you don't really play. Like, baby, newborn babies won't play. Like, they're not playing with you. They're not playing with you, no, but... But I guess when I say play, and... just like talking to him and trying to interact with well, him. Well, I think and... what it is too is they're curious. Yeah, you're just trying to catch their eyes. You know, they're you're trying to, you know, stimulate them, stimulate them as much as possible. Yeah, and that's the, f- it's all fun. You know, it's great. That's Lucas. Lucas is literally the best dad in the world, and he <laughs> was such a natural as soon as this baby popped out. Like he was just as soon as this baby popped out, it was like, snap your fingers, it woke Lucas up, kind of. Honestly, not that you weren't, not that you were asleep before, but like you just became this completely like better version of yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think that's true, honestly. Because you I love guess this someone, child like, so much. someone like me and how I was raised and who, you know, the morals that I set for myself, you know, being a dad is the ultimate title. It's an incredible thing. And. But keep in mind, I'm very lucky that it's with you. You know, yeah. I I love you fully and truly. I love you too. So that makes loving our child even better and easier, you know. But I've always wanted to be a dad. Yeah, he's amazing. He, the first week of Lennox's life, he changed literally all the diapers. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. Because when he goes to work, now I have to do it. And I had to learn real quick because I wasn't good at changing diapers the first week. But let's talk about our baby. Let's talk about, like, his personality, what he's like. Um, he's, like, the chillest baby ever. He's so chill. Every single time my parents come over, they're like, how did you create such a chill, good baby? If this child is fed and his diaper is changed, he just wants to hang out and be curious and, like, just be cool. The best thing that I've ever heard that I wish I heard when I was pregnant was, if all your baby's needs are met, they will not cry. 
a crying baby signifies that their needs are not met. Yeah. I they're mean, either hungry. They're either something. cold. They either have a poopy diaper. Babies do not cry just to cry. They don't cry just to cry. I, I don't believe that. Maybe some people believe that. I don't believe that. If your baby's needs are met, your baby will not cry. And I think in the beginning, I, sh- I wanted to hear that more because, or I wish I knew that before pregnancy because when he came out and he wasn't crying a lot, we were like, is something wrong with our child? <laughs> we were told like, Babies cry. That's what they do. They're going to keep you up at night. Lennox literally slept like four to five hours the first night, the first week. It's really insane. He we're didn't like, cry. Wait, like, Why we... are we getting so much sleep right now? Yeah, but we then were. We go to pe- pediatrician and she's just like, yeah, I mean, people have just easy infants. He's gaining weight. He was keep in mind, easy pink. infants, you know. Yeah. This is him being a few weeks old. Oh, he's three weeks old. This could all you know, change. I'm tomorrow. sure once he realizes what you know being awake really is, and you know gains a conscience, this child is not going to want to go to sleep. Well, but. and he's finding his cry now. Yeah, he definitely is. Yeah, he's coming into himself. Um, he's not like smiling necessarily on purpose or laughing yet, but I think that obviously that'll come. They don't do that yet. Yeah, he's still, you know, as helpless as it gets. Yeah. And tiny. He's and so little. He was six pounds fifteen ounces when he came out, and. The, the last time we checked his weight, he was seven pounds, eight ounces. So he's probably more he's now. He's gaining. Oh, yeah. He's definitely huge. And every I wouldn't single say he's time, quite eight pounds yet. But no, I don't think he's eight pounds yet, but close. he's close. I Every single time I breastfeed him, I look down and his his head just gets bigger. His face just gets bigger. He just gets bigger. And I'm like, stop. <laughs> stop growing up. <laughs> he does grow. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's crazy to watch. It really is. It's like, God, I feel like every other human that talks about this. Yeah, but... But it's just very... It's our baby. <laughs> he is also the most expressive baby I've ever seen. He makes so many faces. Yeah, his face is He's also are quite the most noisy sleeper that I've ever met. And it keeps me up all night because I'm just worried. Every single time he makes a noise, I'm like, what's, what's going on? Are you breathing? <laughs> so He's a very expressive baby. That's very expressive. for sure. Very but he expressive. doesn't cry. It's like, I don't know. He's amazing. He's great. He, he's amazing. And he's so strong. You do tummy time with him. He's a strong This kid cat. literally lifted up well, his neck. he is neck. his father's son. He, this kid literally lifted up his neck and kept it there for like solid 10 seconds on like day three of his life. Yeah, I mean, he was pushing his legs and everything. But I mean, babies are, it's an instinct, you know? Yeah. Babies are so but resilient. He's, he's a strong son of a gun. For he really sure. is. Yeah. <laughs> I miss him. I want to go play with him. (laughs) All right. You guys asked us some questions about just our birth experience and how Lennox has been, how these next or these last three weeks have been on Instagram. So we are going to answer them. What was one thing about the birth experience or parenthood that you were not prepared for? That I wasn't prepared for? Mm Mm-hmm. Fucking everything. (laughs) It's a good answer, honestly. Yeah. You're not prepared for anything. No. But there's definitely a gnarly instinct that pops in that gives you like this sort of backbone, you know, but everything else is a clean slate. It's kind of like, I would say, I don't know. I would say you prepare as much as you can in terms of like knowing how to change a diaper, knowing how getting all the, the, the baby products, like the bottles and all things like this. But I also think that you prepare for all the things that you can, but it's in the moments that you, there's nothing to prepare for. Like when you're holding him or when he's spitting up or like when yeah. it's in the natural moments where like you have to be like a natural parent. Yeah, That's you, what you yeah, can prepare Yeah, you bring for. up like, you, you just brought up diapers. Okay. I never prepare. I, Lennox is the first diaper I've ever changed. And I guess I didn't really prepare for that. 
And there was one situation in the uh, in the hospital where he had like a spit up situation where he was like choking and his back was arcing like crazy and he was super upset and I had I was like that was an interesting froze. yeah I kind of froze I wasn't really prepared for you that. were like I'm oh like, he's spitting up he looks like he's choking and I was like <laughs> put him upright yeah I didn't really know what to do with that luckily we had this nurse like we brought up earlier but I mean other than that I mean those were like what I really wasn't prepared for but. Me not being prepared to change a diaper necessarily, was I super curious and up to learn as soon as like that first diaper change opportunity was available? Hell yeah, I could not wait to change a diaper, you know? So the preparation wasn't necessarily there, but the, the willingness to learn and, you know, become active was 100% there. I think, again, for me... You can prepare so much, but it's in the moments that you can't prepare for that I was unprepared for. Like, I think it's important for expecting parents to really do the work to, like, remind yourself to that there's going to be moments that are hard. There's going to be moments where you don't know what to do and you have to stay calm. Like, mind mindset work, I feel like I wish I did. Yeah, you need to listen to that advice. Because, <laughs> because there's moments where you can't prepare for things. And I'm just like, what the fuck do I we think, do? Yeah, I think, well, I think we complement each other a lot because I am super calm. When I need time. you to be, you're calm. When I'm freaking out, you go into calm Zen Lucas. <laughs> but when when I'm calm, you you are a little bit more lenient about that. But yeah, I mean, you're right. You, uh, it, We're lucky that we complement each other in that way. But I think if anybody listening is like, how can I prepare for parenthood or... Motherhood or dadhood. Read books and do watch as much preparation as you can, but you can't. <laughs> yeah, I think I, yeah you can't do preparation, but if you think that you've done preparation, you're prepared. Yeah. If you're like if you go into it, you know, where you've read a book or two, and you've taken a couple courses, you'll think you're prepared, and that's all you fucking yeah. need. And I think that is important, though. I don't. I wouldn't suggest going into it just blindly and not doing any research. But you don't need to do a lot because you learn so much as you go. Like, we've learned so much about being parents in the first three weeks. And we have a whole freaking life ahead of us to learn. And Absolutely. that's that's what you need to just keep in mind. How did you feel the second you got to meet Lennox? We kind of touched on this earlier. But surreal. Surreal and like, oh my gosh, this was inside of me. Yeah. Definitely an intense feeling of like... Like a good responsibility, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, we have a big responsibility now, and it feels so right. Yeah. Like, purpose. Totally. Massive, massive purpose. Just looking at this child, feeling incredible amounts of, like, that you just want to, like, protect this baby, and you want to be a good parent to this child like you just it's like whoa mm -hmm. fuck like this is mine yeah and i get to nur nurture it yeah. and i get to love one it. word one word purpose purpose yeah, for sure for me. and i think also when people tell you that you'll never experience love like the love of a child the love that you have for your child that is so true and i don't think i really understood that until it happened like the love that, like, the moments where I would just literally look at Lennox and be like, 
I love you so much and I can't even express it and I can't even wrap my head around it. Like, it's insane. It's insane. <laughs> I think, um, I never, yeah. You hear, you hear like unconditional love a lot. And like, I, I sound so cliche right now, but you really don't know what unconditional love is like under no matter what condition happens, like no matter how crazy things are, the love that you have for this one thing, like is just there no matter what you feel that like that's, that's a real thing when you become a parent, in my opinion. And then lastly, the last Instagram question that I want to get into, because there's other questions that are mostly geared towards me that I'll answer in a different podcast episode. But the last question that I'm super curious to hear your answer about is mm. someone said, do you guys feel sad about no more alone time? Um, I don't really think about that. I think we have alone time. I think we'll make alone time if we want alone time. That's what I was thinking too. When I got yeah. that question, I was like, I've never thought about that because we do have yeah, alone time. We do. I mean... Think about it. I don't uh, think we'll ever not have alone time when we want it. It's all about like us making it happen if we want it. We have plenty of help with your parents 15 minutes down the road. If we want alone time, we have babysitters. I mean, fuck, I don't know. But also think about it. Babies sleep so much. So like we are alone when he's sleeping, you know? Like he's, yeah. he's there, but he's asleep. So we do get like alone time where we can kiss and cuddle and just talk to each other. And he can't talk yet. He can't comprehend anything. So... Yeah, we, we get time to, with each other. <laughs> I feel like that question is going to have such a different answer in like two or three years. Absolutely. You know, when Absolutely. this child is bouncing off the walls and just... And then we'll be like, no, what the fuck is alone time? <laughs> but then, then again, the other, the other day we, we went to dinner, Lucas and I, just us two. I had my first glass of wine in like 10 months and it was great. But we went to dinner just us two while my parents watched the baby. And, like, we made that time. Did I necessarily want to go out to dinner and, like, be at a dinner at, like, 8 p.m.? I was tired. No. But when, when we did, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, I feel like that's the thing. It's like sometimes being a parent, you don't want to go and do something that's, like, not with your child. Or you don't want to do something because you're tired or whatever. But sometimes, like, or most of the time, it's, like, the best thing to do is to make that time for yourself and for your significant other. Well, yeah, and just for your relationship. All right, before we wrap up this episode, I wanted to share some of the products that we've been loving for these last three weeks with Lennox. Just things that we've bought that I think are super helpful and that we really use all the time. I guess if one came to mind, like for me first, would be his swaddle, 100%. Oh, the Ollie. The Ollie is is incredible. It's the best swaddle That thing ever. is like, it's like a Velcro, like, straight jacket. It is. <laughs> it is the thing yeah. is awesome. Puts him in, like, the snuggest little... Um, cocoon. Just like a little cocoon. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Love it. And we don't use it all the time. We only use the Ollie when he sleeps at night because it really just keeps him snug and he is able to sleep longer because he doesn't really bust out of it because our son loves his hands. Yeah, I guess that's kind of what we've been doing too. You know, I, I don't really wrap him up super tight during the day. We never swaddle him We really don't. We let him we kind of just hang out. Him. Yeah, during the day we let him hang out. We let his arms loose when he sleeps, but... And during the, and, but you know, when we put him down at night, we really, you know, pack him up tightly in the Ollie. And, but at this point, he knows that's, that's crazy. You know, once I put him in this His Velcro shot, Ollie, literally. he knows it's time. Okay, it's nighttime. It's time for the long haul. Like, it's time for the long sleep. It's know? so funny because the first thing that my parents said when they met 
the baby when they came over was you, you want to swaddle him? You want me to swaddle him? Or does yeah, he need socks? Does he yeah. need mittens? And Where's it's funny. It's funny because Lucas and I never thought about it because in the hospital, the lactation consultant was like, "Get him undressed, get him naked for when he feeds, so he's up and ready." Yeah. And no one told us like this child needs to be swaddled all the time. But when we came home, my parents were like, "You have to swaddle him. It's <laughs> gonna get cold." And we were like, "Really?" So we put, we keep socks on him and we put blankets over him, but we don't swaddle him during the day. Yeah, during the day, I mean, like I said, we want him to know it's daytime. We yeah. want him to know that it, he can be awake if he wants to be. And um, if he's fussy, we'll try to swaddle him. Yeah. But other than that, no. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, the Ollie, and I'll link all these below in the sh- in the show notes. I think the next thing is the Snuggle Me Organic. That thing is amazing. Well, yeah, it's super. Yeah, it's super convenient for sure. It's convenient for when you want to lay the baby down. Yeah, it's just a good napper, like a portable little yeah. napper. And apparently you're not supposed to napper or let the baby sleep in it, but let's be honest, we do, and really? we're there. Yeah, no, you're not supposed to. But I'm like, what? what he is it there for then? He it all the time. He does it all the time on the couch. We literally just set it on the couch, put him in it. But we're there. We watch him. We're well, not, yeah. We don't like walk away. Well, yeah, we, we don't like watch TV and We shit. watch him. So that's it's computer. just like a nice thing to put your baby down in. And if you've been like looking at the snuggle me and, and you see like, I'm not supposed to let my baby sleep in it, you, you, your baby can sleep in it. Like, it's fine. You can do whatever you want with your baby. <laughs> Facts. It is your child. Okay. The next thing that is super important and been cr- very crucial is the sound machine. Yeah, sound machine is, is awesome. I mean, we what you know, something we learned through preparation before having this child is when, when this child is in your belly, I mean, the sound of your blood flowing as well as your heartbeat is super loud, louder than a vacuum. You know, this baby's used to that loud, you know, white noise. And our, the sound machine has been a charm for us. He loves it. It really helps to put him to bed at night, for sure. And I think also, too, when, when babies are fussy, if they just hear sound and noise, it distracts them. I mean, even as a 22-year-old adult, I need a sound machine. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it. not necessarily a sound machine, but I much rather prefer, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people listening could agree with me, you know, having a fan on at night with that, you know... Yeah. white noise going and it's the most soothing thing ever it's great you know? i've been we, we've had that in us since we were infants we have a little elephant stuffed animal that's a sound machine but then we also have i just got the hatch baby one the hatch baby sleep sound machine that i really like because it's also a nightlight so you can just it has a bunch of different um, settings it's an app that you can use on your phone and it also has a nightlight that you can adjust the color and the the brightness of the light we have the halo bass nest i love that we love the Solly baby wrap that we can baby wear him in. Yeah, that thing is awesome. That thing is so amazing. It keeps him so snug. And I can like go work around the house with him on my chest and it just kind of keeps him calm and next to me and gets that skin to skin, but I can still like do things and be functional. We love Barefoot Dreams everything. <laughs> Barefoot Dreams is the best. They need to sponsor me too because right? we God, that would be just the best spoil sponsorship this baby. Ever. We spoil this baby in Barefoot Dreams. As soon as you put Barefoot Dreams on this child, like clothing wise, the eyes shut immediately. He's so I mean, snug this, and warm. Yeah, it, this shit's crazy. And then lastly, we got the Owlet Care Baby Sock, the Smart Baby Sock. And that has been really great for giving me peace of mind at night. So basically, if you're familiar with like a Whoop or even an Apple Watch, but it's more like a Whoop for babies, it basically tracks his heart rate and his oxygen levels, his blood oxygen levels, 
throughout the night. So you put it on when he sleeps. You can even wear it throughout the day. Yeah, but it's like it's it almost like a little strap that you strap around his foot like a sock, but it has a little electronic chip on it that re that like sets underneath his foot and Which, it like reads... could you imagine if like five years on the land they come out and say it causes irradiation and some shit like i think about that <laughs> i mean who knows <laughs> but it reads his heart rate his oxygen levels all that good stuff and so. it tracks his sleep so it tells you like when he's in but the thing sleep, is not cheap i mean it's like 300 bucks no we were gifted it for my brother yeah but Shout out christian but yeah it tracks their sleep it tracks when they're in deep sleep light sleep awake so it just gives me peace of mind because there's this, this little base where it's green when it's reading his readings and it's normal. And if it is kind of like gets misplaced, it'll beep yellow and it'll be an alarm and tell you like the sock is misplaced, like it kind of just got jostled. Or there's a red alert that'll sound an alarm if like his heart rate is too high or too low or his blood oxygen levels are too low. I mean, that's the cool part of it. But in my opinion, I think it's pretty obsessive. I think these <laughs> that kind of technology is a good way to kind of over stimulate your anxiety but for if it works for you i'm happy lucas doesn't understand that he's the hardest sleeper ever so when our baby is noisy like he is and makes a ton of shit freaking noises that i don't know what they are i freak out but he doesn't the kids, hear them the kids he doesn't hear them so of course he thinks that of course he doesn't need this little sock of course if you are a hard sleeper and you're, you're not anxious fine but if you're like me who hears every single noise and wants to get up and be like what is wrong with my baby this thing's amazing it gives you it gives you peace of mind it is great it's a it's an incredible piece of technology i'm honestly impressed with it but are you i really am i think it's awesome but i also think it's a way to i don't want to use it forever i just crazy. I just like it for when I'm trying to sleep at night and I feel anxious. I can just look over, see that the, the light is green and it's fine. You know, then he's cool. Then if I hear noises, I know he's good. Love it. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, that wraps up this episode. We talked for a while. Yeah. Lucas <laughs> is hungry. Thank you for doing this with me. Of course. I love you. Thank you for having me. Always such a fun time on the podcast. Can't wait to be back. If you guys, again, want to see the day in the life video of us with a newborn, definitely go check that out on my YouTube channel. You can just type in Amanda DeMarco. You guys can always find me on Instagram at Just Mans. You can find Lucas on Instagram at Just Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> at Lucas Fowler. And yeah, you guys can find me on my blog, JustMans.com. Thanks so much for listening. Also, please leave a rating and review because it really helps people find my show. Good night.